This is Guardian Election Daily. Hello, this is Michael White with the first of the Guardian's uh, general election podcasts. Uh, I'm standing in Birmingham in bright sunshine outside the £578 million new Queen Elizabeth Hospital. Uh, The pride and joy of the city it's going to be by the look of it. It looks very... uh, postmodern and pristine white. Uh, What are we doing here? Well, Gordon Brown has just uh, chosen this location for very obvious symbolic reasons to launch uh, Labour's uh, election manifesto. Uh, He's up against uh, all the odds. Audience of party activists, councillors, city bigwigs, local MPs, members of the cabinet, all looking pretty cheerful in the circumstances. And uh, Brown is introduced by Harriet Harman. Here's what he said. In 1997, New Labour asked the country for the opportunity to renew Britain. Our hospitals, our schools, our towns and cities. Now in a changed time, New Labour is once again ready and equipped to answer the call of the future. And for those who say the promises made at elections never come to pass, I just look round at this new building a new acute NHS hospital that will be open within weeks, a modern building that embodies the timeless ideals of compassion in action. Look at what together we have built. We didn't just fix the roof, we built the entire hospital. Even as we cut the deficit with our announced tax rises and public spending reductions, how do we protect and reform our frontline public services so that they are not take it or leave it services but give every parent, every patient, every citizen real choice and voice and put you in charge of the service that you receive. And third, how do we write anew the contract of trust between the public and the public servants so that we replace a discredited and distrusted politics with one where you, the people, are the boss? I'm confident the future is one of prosperity that can be both sustained and shared. I'm confident in the vision we hold and the values that lead us towards it. I'm confident in the team I lead and the promises and policies that we promote. At the heart of this manifesto is the great and common purpose of national renewal. If we are elected to implement it, we will equip the British people for the future. Yes, we are in the future business. We are building a future fair for all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Mike White from The Guardian, we're just asking people what they thought about that. Uh, I think um, obviously the true test will be when it comes to implementing the policies. Uh, We've got feel really we could have had more in-depth uh, examples of uh, how it would affect for example people on low pay in uh, real terms to making the difference 
Uh, you're talking about wages there or about public services, about schools? And wages, really, because, you know, the thing is, if you're getting good wages, then you don't need as much help with some of the other things like childcare issues and, uh, you know, uh, what, keeping the home warm in terms of grants for elderly parents or relatives you want to look after or even accessing some of the health services. Full Mike White from The Guardian. Can we ask you what, what we thought of that? I thought it was great. I think Gordon Brown is an honest, honourable person and I would trust him with my life. Oh, that's coming on a bit strong. Thank you very much. Excuse me, young people. Uh, we're from The Guardian. Can we ask you what you thought of that? I thought it was really good. I thought Gordon was very eloquent about what he said and he kept it positive under recession, which I think is really hard to do. What about your friend here? Yeah, I think it was great how he brought in all the other cabinet members to answer some of the questions. Have you seen um, Gordon Brown or cabinet ministers perform in this way before? Because you look ever so young to me. No, no, this is, this is this, our first yeah, general election. Yeah. How old are you? We're both 19. Yeah. Uh, are you students or do you live locally? Yeah, we're students here at Birmingham, so we know the at area the, well. At the university. Yeah. We're on the campus pretty well here, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, OK. So will you vote in the city or will you vote at home? I'm voting at home because I'm in a marginal constituency. That's but. a smart answer. And you, young I'm man? I'm voting here. They're both marginal constituencies, but this one's even tighter, so my vote will count even more here. OK, I can't resist uh, asking. Was Gordon Brown more cheerful than he sometimes seems on the television? I think Gordon's always cheerful. I think he's a <laughs> OK, guy. I wouldn't go that far, but I think it's serious times and we need a serious Prime Minister. OK, so you were glad you came? I'm very glad I came. It was no, worth you... getting up at 7 in the morning for it. Oh, a student getting up at <laughs> 7 in the morning. Sacrifice! <laughs> When producer Phil Maynard and I set out from Euston, we quickly realised we were on the cabinet train. We saw half a dozen of them, certainly Alistair Darling, Ed Miliband, Alan Johnson, I think, uh, Harriet Harman, and was that a glimpse of Peter Mandelson in the crowd? We weren't sure, but certainly Andrew Adonis, the transport secretary, was there, and he was rewarded with a train which came into New Street five minutes early, uh, where we stopped and grabbed uh, the nearest minister, who was... Tessa Joel. Can you show us, uh, can you tell us how you feel about this morning's launch? Are you optimistic on a scale of one to ten? I'm very optimistic. I'm very optimistic about the launch. I think we've got some terrific stuff in the manifesto and I think that it tells a very clear story about the kind of, the kind of country we want Britain to be uh, over the next five years. And it's also a very powerful statement of how much change we've already achieved, which is what makes the next stage possible. What's uh, the mood like on the doorstep? You've been out canvassing. The mood on the doorstep is very good. Um, it's uh, very, it's uh, probing, inquiring. I mean, people want very specific answers to very specific questions. And, uh, example? I mean, for example, I mean, people will say, uh, I want to know and I'm going to decide how to vote on the basis of how much money, uh, more or less, I'm going to take home at the end of every month. And I'm going to vote, more or less, um, on the basis of understanding what the impact of uh, public expenditure reductions is going to be on so, my so kids' So it's much school. more about uh, the economy than it was in the last election when it was about public services, uh, uh, health, education, no, no, no. school. No, 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 it's about both. Uh, when you get Tessa Jell started, you've got a job to stop her there. Thank you very, thank you very much. Uh, let's see if we can find some more. Oh, there's Ed Balls, the uh, school secretary, loyal ally of Mr. Brown's. Well, how did that go, Ed Balls? I thought it went um, great. It was good to see the sun rays. We've shown that, that uh, our sums add up. And as you heard the Prime Minister say, our sums add up. The Conservatives don't. They can't come along and promise tax cuts here and there without doing what the Tories have done after every um, election like this, which is to um, uh, to then hit families hard in the pocket with a big rise in VAT. 
The press seemed to be interested in that VAP point, and the implication was, uh, can you avoid putting it up? You haven't explicitly said you won't. Well, we've never said in any of our manifestos um, that, but what we said today, the Prime Minister, was that our sums add up without a rise in VAT, and in 13 years, we've always chosen national insurance, not VAT. The Conservative sums don't add up unless they have a rise in VAT which will hit families uh, very hard indeed. You can't come along in politics and start saying tax cut here, tax cut there, and not say how you'll pay for it. That's the old politics, that's old Tory politics. Um, our manifesto launch was not that kind of politics today. One of the questions uh, Gordon Brown didn't answer, which troubles me, you're an ex-Treasury Minister, perhaps it troubles you, is this beautiful hospital costs 600 million, but under the uh, private finance initiative, at the end of the day, it'll cost Two billion or more over 20 or 30 years. A lot of money to come out of NHS budgets. But that's because uh, the contract we have with the provider is not just to build it and then walk away. They continue to run the hospital for 25 years. So you're and saying we get this is good value for money even though it doesn't feel like it. It is um, really good value for money. It's on time to budget um, in general. That's what we're seeing with PFI hospitals. I don't know the details of this one. But um, also, they're made to a high quality because the guys who are running them have to keep running them for 25 years. So I thought it was rather a um, silly question, to be honest. So you're still a PFI optimist. Uh, well, well, listen, it's an optimistic day for we, you, I can tell. We've got thousands of schools just as shiny and beautiful as this, but with great teaching going on inside, and um, it all adds up. And quickly here, before he goes with his security men, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, Alistair Darling. How do you feel that went, Chancellor? Well, it was a good start to the campaign. Uh, now we've got to go out and get the message across the country, and that's what I'm off to do. You treated yourself to making a party political point, something you're notoriously reluctant to do about the Tory uh, uh, marriage tax plans. Why did you let yourself go on this occasion? Because I think the Tories are just wrong on it. Uh, if you're going to raise uh, money from banks, uh, then at least you should try and benefit as many people as possible. I just do think it is unfair that you're saying to someone whose husband might have died or the uh, family's broken up, the family, the children are discriminated against. And, you know, that's what general elections are about. They're about choices. And I think the Tories have made it yet again the wrong choice. We spent a lot of time in that press conference on the question of VAT. The uh, uh, Prime Minister gave a pretty comprehensive answer, but he fell short of saying we cannot or would, would not raise it. He just said we've never done it in the past. Uh, that formula is prudent, is it? That's what. Well, that's the, the promise on all tax, and VAT in particular is the one we've made in each of the last three elections. Uh, and uh, you know, we've, we've said we're very clear uh, about that. Uh, nothing has changed, and that continues to be the case. So the answer is uh, you won't rule it out, but you don't plan to do it? That's it. No, no Chancellor is going to go through every single item in the, ta in the, the tax and say uh, definitely what they're going to do and everything. What people want is a general indication of where, where we're going, and that's what we've tried to do. And you know, I had to make a choice a few months ago uh, between increasing VAT or national insurance. I went for the national insurance option. Uh, what I'm very clear about is if, as the Tories say, you're not going to do any of these things, you've then got a big £5 billion hole that you've got to fill, and you're not going to get that off efficiency as David Cameron had to admit last week. It was said that some of your officials preferred the VAT option to the national insurance option. Chancellors always get lots of advice, but the decision at the end of the day is for the Chancellor. I took the decision, I took a responsible decision, which allows me to protect frontline services like health, uh, like schools, like police numbers, and at the same time get our deficit down by half over a four-year period. That's my judgment, and if I may say so, the judgment I've taken over the last 18 months is resulting on us coming through uh, this recession. We're starting to grow, and we're in a much, much stronger position than if I'd followed the Tories' advice. Thank you. Meanwhile, upstairs in this brand new hospital, the man who supervised and wrote the manifesto, Ed Miliband, 
Uh, the Climate Change Secretary has been briefing reporters off the record, off camera, off microphone. They've been asking him about what it all means, and he's been trying to persuade them, surrounded by a posse of uh, policymakers. And uh, let's see if we can catch him. How did it go? Well, I hope it went okay, but other people will judge. It tries to make an argument, an argument about where Britain needs to go, an argument about the future of our economy and how we rebuild it, an argument about our public services and how we get more out of them and improve them, and an argument about opening up our politics. Um, And it reflects fundamentally Labour values about the role of government in making people more powerful, giving people better lives, but enabling them to have better lives, but government always reforming. Uh, And that's the argument of the manifesto. How do you strike the balance between being realistic, everybody knows the country's got an enormous economic uh, problem to address, and uh, being realistic and being upbeat, positive? What's the trick? I think it's an optimistic vision about what Britain can achieve over the coming years. Now, some of those things will only be started in the next parliament, like a national care service, for example. You but said we... very little in the manifesto about that. It's down to one paragraph, if I remember rightly. No, I think it's more than that, actually. Um, uh, chapter five, uh, uh, chapter six, actually. Um, uh, and I was I... looking at chapter four. Oh, I see. Well, chapter chapter six has got quite a lot on uh, on the national care service. So some of this can be started. Some of it you can't do as much as you would uh, like to do. There's a lot in the manifesto on housing but obviously that's an area where you would always want to do more i think what people want is a sense of what future you're driving towards and uh, and that's what the manifesto tries to provide and how do you address the problem where people say hang on housing you just mentioned you've had 13 years to address quite deep-seated problems about uh, a social housing and first-time buyer housing you know why should we give you yet more time to do what you haven't done I'm proud of our record, and Britain is a fairer, more prosperous, more democratic country than it was 13 years ago, but it isn't fair, prosperous or democratic enough. And uh, John Prescott said traditional values in a modern setting. Uh, Circumstances change. The financial crisis has changed our views about a number of things. The political crisis caused by expenses demands rethinking. I hope that our values are the same in this manifesto, but we've responded to new circumstances. Gordon Brown used the phrase, new Labour. Doesn't often do that, does he? Come on. Um, he, he's always been New Labour. He was a founder of New Labour. It's, it's a New Labour manifesto, but it's the next phase of New Labour, and it responds to diff- the different circumstances we find in. And look, the challenges today are so different from 1997. Climate change, uh, elderly care, much more of an issue, the problems in relation to politics, as I say, the global financial crisis. And I hope it, it, it looks to the future uh, and to those challenges. Will the unions be disappointed? Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, We'll have to ask them. Uh, I think this is a... Unions that uh, represent working people, I think, will will see that this is a manifesto for working people, for middle-class people, uh, and for the kind of fair Britain that that lots of people believe in. Well, what have we seen today? Uh, We've seen a Labour manifesto launch in better shape than I expected, frankly. Uh, Brown sounded, by his standards, uh, plausible enough and uh, quite optimistic, quite coherent, quite, uh, quite friendly even. And uh, the manifesto's got enough and it's not flashy, it's not meant to be flashy, but it does have a narrative, it has a story, and uh, we'll see what happens. And of course we'll be back again tomorrow at the Conservative launch. Uh, exciting rumours as to where it might be, but uh, we'll let you know when it happens.